This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. So we're in the hospital and it was bad. Like they put in all these tubes and all these wires into him to keep him alive and pump fluids. And I remember one night a nurse came in and she said, you guys need to stay the night. Welcome to the Productivities Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Vardy, and this week on the program, I'm joined by Richie Norton. Now, Richie is the award-winning, best-selling author of the book, The Power of Starting Something Stupid. Um, he's an international speaker, including TEDx and Google Startup Grind, and a serial entrepreneur. In this episode, we talk about the power of starting something stupid. We talk about the genesis of that and some really personal stuff that he gets into. So let's just get into it. Here's my conversation, a very productive conversation at that with Richie Norton here on the Productivityist podcast. I'd like to welcome Richie Norton to the Productivityist podcast. Richie, thanks for joining me today. Oh man, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. It's an honor. So one of the things I want to get out of the way right out of the gate is product. I, people have a problem saying productivityist sometimes. So I, I'm a huge fan of portmanteaus and yours is definitely in that vein with, you know, product and, and proud, um, yes. and productivity is people like productivityist. So believe me, I was sitting there going, I got, I can't say product. I can't say proud out. It's gotta be product. So is, is that ever Whenever come back to bite it, you in the ass every I'm once like, in a while where you're like, oh man, someone's going to say it wrong. <laughs> it's so funny. I'll say product and they'll go, that's not a Canadian accent. That's not an American accent. What is what is this person saying? No, if, like, it, no. if it was a no, Canadian like, accent, I, I'm Canadian, so it would be product. Yeah. That's what it would be. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> About house prude. That's what it would be. There you go. So, um, it's like, no, it's proud like a proud like your product you're proud of okay like it's i have to explain it every time it's so funny <laughs> well thanks <laughs> for joining right. me yeah thanks right. thanks for joining me today on the program so so i've uh i've been aware of what you guys have done for a while i was at vid summit back in uh 2018 i saw you guys had a booth there i actually have one of your uh um it's, it's like for i've attached it and the uh well actually i've since removed the other thing from it, but yours is attached to my key keys like i've got the little lanyard thing that i oh so, that's cool well and the reason so what i like about products and and you guys have this nailed down is there's that visual trigger that a product can create right mm-hmm. so with with Pat Flynn's switch pod Pat and Caleb did the switch pod there's a visual association with that meaning that's the thing i use for this thing and then there's John's uh freedom journal uh you know and that's like this is what this thing is for there's something about a tangible product whether you know whether you're creating it or someone else has that it creates the the for me it creates this almost kinesthetic trigger um is is that one like what do you think about about that first off and secondly why would you like what led you to want to help people bring products proud and you know beyond proud (laughs) to life yes that's a great question you're 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 spot on and 
ultimately, I want to give people their time back. So people who are in the digital world, they're doing their best with that, right? With with courses or whatever they're trying to sell with digital products. It's just that now it's been so long, people actually love or they're delighted with getting a physical product. And so we're helping digital entrepreneurs provide physical products, but without all the headaches of having to do all the work which comes with the physical product. So we're literally uh, helping invent it, prototype it, uh, manufacture it, package it, ship it, warehouse it, and fulfill it. So literally, someone like my good friend John Lee Dumas, who you mentioned, and Pat Flynn can do what they do best and talk about it and sell over their podcasts or through email or whatever. Like, There's a ton, ton, ton of work in it, but people will build entire businesses around the back end. And I'm just like, I know how to do that. Why don't we just do that for people? So that's what's happening. And you're totally right. Like if you think about, well, let's talk about some super, super famous people that I'm not working with, but just as an example, Dr. Dre, the guy made tons of money with music, but made way more with his headphones, beats. You know, you, you talk about, uh, what's that? Kardashian girl that has the, the makeup thing. All of a sudden, she's a self-made billionaire. Right. It wasn't from her fame. I mean, the fame helped. Like they go, they go hand in hand. It's that tango but it was the product that brought her that wealth. And so it's, it's actually super important. If you want to build your digital presence, a physical presence helps. Plus, I've heard people say like, like I have a book, people have books. If you're in someone's home, you can't buy that kind of awareness and branding. Right, right. You are in someone's home. You are holding a, key, a thing on your keychain that I made. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. I don't know if you're thinking about me every day. I doubt it. Maybe you will now. <laughs> well, no, no. But here's the thing: is the the reason I put it on there, and this is why I. I mean, you, you look around my office, and people who've seen my videos and stuff, they see things like the Green Lantern stuff mm-hmm. that I follow. I wear a Green Lantern ring that my family get my my wife and kids gave me. It's cool. because willpower. Willpower is one of those things, and I love the Green Lantern. Not not many people do. I mean, I was watching a video about all the old cartoons with the Super Friends back, and I'm dating myself a little bit, but the idea that the Green Lantern was very rarely featured, and a lot of people say, oh, power in a ring? Really? Okay, come on. But the whole point of it for me is there's that willpower. The willpower is important to me. You look around, you see uh, a whole bunch of things related to that and other things. I put that key, that thing on my keys is because I want to make something. And by seeing that, it may make sure that I don't lose sight of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. <laughs> right? That's so, amazing. I, and, and to your point about books, and it's, I'm glad you brought that up because you do have the book, The Power of Starting Something Stupid. And we're going to get into mm-hmm. starting a whole bunch of stupid stuff a little bit later. But I, the idea of having a physical book, I mean, I look at my bookshelves and there are reasons that there are books that I physically purchased to have paper versions that Ryan Holiday talks about this too. The idea of having something that you can look at and go, okay, oh, that's why that's there. So it's, it's not just about the, the content inside of those pages, but it's what that, what that book represents is so powerful. That's right. And, and if you look at the people, everyone has a different idea of what a cover should be for a book. It's just kind of a side note. But if you look at the people who put their picture on the cover, they are not doing that for ego. They're doing that for personal face recognition and branding. Right. That right. is what's happening. Right. It might be, there might be some ego in it too. But sure. besides that. <laughs> yeah, except, except, right? except Ryan's book, Ego is the Enemy. That might be, which is actually kind of ironic if that's the way it works out. But <laughs> <laughs> so the other thing that we do though, in order to kind of 
um, create impact is we kind of look at values and virtues and things like that. You know, there's sure. the book, the road to character by uh, David Brooks. I'm a big believer of character integrity. One of the yeah. things I've got is called the annual axiom. That's part of my methodology. And I use, I mean, I kind of look at sports teams as that, you know, like the new England Patriots have do your job and, and the Houston Astros for the longest time before they were successful were their, their motto was, the process, which is kind of not terribly inspiring if you're looking at it from the outside in, but if you're inside there, you know that, it, and the 76ers used it recently with trust the process, mm-hmm. but you, you have a motto that kind of, um, that, that for your life that has kind of helped it really, it's, it's kind of helped guide you or at least make around decisions and stuff. I'd love to, for you to share that with, with, with the listeners here. Yeah. And this will help also answer the question of why I'm, I'm doing this business and and, and others, really. Mm-hmm. So as I was writing The Power of Starting Something Stupid, I was studying what made people successful, and it was obvious that people that were successful started something, like over and over again. It's like it's so obvious. Like People don't talk about that. They talk about their psychology or overcoming fear. Sometimes we don't talk about the fact that they actually started something, like something new. And, and when I realized that was the case, I started realizing they didn't just start something random. It was usually something that people thought was stupid. Mm. It was something that was crazy. It was different. You shouldn't do it. Someone else should do it or it shouldn't be done at all. It was all those things. Everything from like the Model T to the telephone to Twitter, all incredibly at the time, stupid ideas. So I decided to write a book about that angle of success. And it just like, you know, when you're in that mode, you're like, oh my gosh, everything starts with something stupid. Creativity starts at stupid. And if you look at the venture capitalists today, that the ones that were investing in, uh, like Ben Horowitz and stuff, investing in, you know, Facebook and all these big tech companies, they'll say, if it, if it was smart, it would have already been done. Right, right. <laughs> you know, stupid is where the opportunity is. And it's not that it's inherently stupid, it's that it, it, the one, people didn't see the opportunity yet. Right. Right. And then, Stupid goes through the cycle of stupid, then everyone accepts it, it becomes standard. But then when everyone's now all of a sudden doing it and they see it as smart, it becomes stagnant and you start over again, or at least come from another angle. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of that innovation cycle. Anyways, while I was writing the book, my uh, I was interviewing all these people, learning all these things, and my brother-in-law, 21 years old, living on an office for about five years, he just didn't wake up one morning. And he died in his sleep, and we don't know why. Still, it just happened. And when that happened, we just started, I don't know, you see the world differently. You're all of a sudden like, we're not going to live to be 65, are we? We're not going to be able to retire, are we? Or maybe we will, but that wasn't the case for him. So as I was writing the book and thinking this, and I thought, wow, life is short. And even though that's cliche, it doesn't make it any less true. So I thought, well, maybe it's not just start something soon, but start it right now, not wait till you have more time, more education, more experience, more money. And that was the case for most people, including people like Steve Jobs. Maybe it started with what they had where they were, and then it you know, built that over time. Anyways, with that in mind, a few years later, so we have four boys, and our fourth son, we named him Gavin after my brother-in-law who had, who had passed away. And this little boy brought so much joy and happiness into our lives, of course. And he got this cough. And the cough, it was like any baby cough, like whatever. And we, we took him to the doctors. They said he'd be fine. It's nothing. But it persisted. And they said, you know what? Maybe it's RSV. He'll be okay. Here's this and that. 
you know, we took it seriously, but the doctor said it was totally normal and fine, just like any baby would have a cough. Well, at one point, I remember it got so bad, he was having a hard time breathing. We made one of those little tents, you know, with lots of humidity in it, just trying to help him. And we're like, we got to go to the hospital. So we ran to the hospital, and we got there, and we thought we'd be in and out of there like all the other times. Hey, he's fine. But this time, they kept us there. And when we were admitted, we didn't know what we were getting ourselves into. Finally, some doctor had the great idea to test him for something called pertussis, also known as whooping cough. And it was interesting because at that time in California, California itself, we, by the way, we were in Hawaii. We were traveling um, in – we were in Utah at the time. But in California at the time, they had declared that there was an actual like emergency across the state that people were getting pertussis. Mm-hmm. So somehow, I don't know, a traveler to Hawaii or whatnot coughed on our baby. I, I don't know. Something happened. Okay. So we're in the hospital, and it was bad. Like, they put in all these tubes and all these wires into him to keep him alive and pump fluids. And I remember one night, a nurse came in, and she said, you guys need to stay the night, which is a weird thing to say because we always stayed the night. That wasn't a thing. But it was a, she was, it was a cue, right? She was, right. She was letting us know this is bad. Man, so it's hard to say it every. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I can yeah, imagine. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a father. I totally, yeah, it, I, I it's can't your worst imagine. Nightmare, you know, as a parent. So we pretty much know it's he's not going to make it, but we have every reason to believe he will. We have a strong faith. We have pe- my wife's blogging. There's people all around the world saying that they're praying for him. Some guy in Istanbul says he stood up all night on this wall. Like all these things were like, wow, so cool. Everyone's coming together for him. God will give us a miracle. Well, we're just like my wife and I even like holding our hands across like his little bed over him. And we just look each other in the eyes and we're like, whatever happens, we are not going to let this destroy us or our marriage. Cause we knew that it could, right. These right. kind of things are hard. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they came in with a crash cart. They're like, look, we have to have this here if you guys want it. But we don't. if you don't want to use the crash cart, we won't. And they basically said, I'm like, yeah, give them every fighting chance, you know, whatever. They said, look, basically in the best way a doctor can, he's going to die. He's either going to die violently or in your arms. Mm-hmm. That was what they were communicating. So we decided to take out – have them take out all the like the wires and the tubes and I held him for a second, handed him to my wife, I put my hand on his little heart, and we just sang him lullabies while she rocked him to sleep. And, you know, he never woke up from that sleep. And when he passed, as you can imagine, yeah, worst ex- possible experience, you know, as as a parent. And we walked out of that hospital empty handed. And we didn't know what to do, you know, after that. In fact, before we walked out, my wife's like, we're just holding him for as long as we could. And what do you do? Like, do you just leave your, you know what I mean? Like, what do you do? And this angel of a nurse came in and said, Hey, can I rock him? And she rocked him. And we just, you know, we're bawling our eyes out and, you know, that, that kind of happened. But then coming full circle to your question, like my life's motto, Somebody, a mentor of mine asked, like, well, what did you learn from this experience, from your brother-in-law passing away, from your son passing away? It was kind of a shocking question when when she asked it. And my wife's like, 
I don't know, ask me in a year, you know? And I'm like, I don't know, I made something up. But as I thought about it, and I was writing the book, I came up with what I call Gavin's Law, which is live to start, start to live. Because when you live to start those ideas, those stupid ideas that are pressing on your mind, you really will start living. So when you live to start those ideas, you start living. But if you think about it, the shortness of time that people have, however long it may be, people will go into their 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, whatever, regretting that they never did that one thing that they could have done. And so that's where this idea of live to start, start to live came. And I just started to teach people, if you have an idea, start it right now. Here's how. If you don't have an idea, what will you regret in the future that you can start right now to sort of like kind of future pace and uh, move on? But that live to start, start to live has just kind of permeated all the things that I do to the point where when someone asks me, how can I start this stupid idea? I'm all in on helping them start it, but I quickly realized it wasn't the idea that they wanted to start. It was the lifestyle, the success that they wanted after that thing was successful. Right. And in psychology, it's actually called Final Cause. So I'm working on a book that'll come out in a long time. <laughs> It'll be about <laughs> Final Cause, you know, and uh, moving from distraction to action. We were talking about distraction earlier, right? Yeah, we're talking about Nier, kind of that whole idea. Yeah, indistractable yeah. Nier's book. He's been on the. It, by this time, this episode airs, uh, he'll have been on the show. So I'll link to that in the show notes. Ooh, I love that. <laughs> Very cool, but. I realized then that I could start teaching people, even though I could help someone make millions of dollars with their product, which is not an exaggeration, by the way. This is literal. Um, it wasn't what they actually wanted, and they didn't know it. They didn't know it themselves. So I started thinking, like, once this is successful, then what will you do? And they would say, hmm, travel the world with my family. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, have time to do this and that, What, whatever it was. So then I said, well – why don't we bake that thing into your business model today? Essentially, making your five-year plan a no-year plan. <laughs> it's, it's, it's inside what you're doing immediately. Because you can make money, but that doesn't mean you're going to be happy. Right. So this live to start thing, start to live, literally means too, also for me, don't defer the happiness you're trying to get through starting something stupid. It should be giving you that now. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. We're going to take a break from the conversation now to talk about our sponsors for this episode. And one of our sponsors for this episode is Woven 
Calendar. Woven Calendar is designed for busy professionals like me, like you, who want to make the most of their time because time is money for you and for me. Woven Calendar takes the hassle out of scheduling by combining powerful scheduling tools like woven smart templates, scheduling links, and group polls into a smart, collaborative calendar. With Woven, everything you need to schedule fast is at your fingertips. I am absolutely in love with Woven. I use it to schedule calls with my coaching clients. I use it to schedule calls with my podcast guests. I use it more and more every single week because it has just really revolutionized the way that I'm able to define my days, filter my focus, and make every moment matter. As an iOS user, I can use the dedicated iMessage app to schedule via text, and I'm just starting to explore Siri shortcuts, and Woven has support for that as well via voice command, and I I love to talk. So I think you should really give Woven a try. You can add it to your productivity stack right away. Just go to woven.com slash timecrafting and sign up for Woven today. You will not regret it. Your days will be better with Woven as your calendar of choice. The UCI Division of Continuing Education offers courses and certifications taught by industry practitioners in a wide range of categories, from business and leadership to tech, project management, law, engineering, human resources, and over 60 convenient certificates and specialized studies programs, both on campus and online, designed for the working professional like you. 100% online courses offer convenience and flexibility and a real immersive online classroom experience where you can even collaborate with your peers. And there's open enrollment. What that means is there's no application to complete at all. You just log in and sign up. You can advance your career in as little as six months. That's a huge time saver to becoming awesome, right? And you can pay for a single course or enroll in an entire certificate program. You have full control over your academic plan. And here's the thing, the UCI Division of Continuing Education can help you gain an edge in your career. They can help you make a career transition or simply help you become more knowledgeable. If you want to take advantage of this awesomeness today, registration's open. So visit ce.uci.edu slash productivityist and enter the promo code timecrafting for 15% off of one course. That's ce.uci.edu slash productivityist, promo code timecrafting, and get 15% off of one course. Now, this offer is only valid until December 31st, 2019 at 11.59 p.m., so you want to do this now. Register for a UCI Division of Continuing Education program today. Speaking of learning, I've got something that I want to teach you over a 30-day period. It's called 30 Days of Time Crafting, and it's my new program that's going to give you the foundational components of my personal productivity methodology and philosophy known as time crafting. Now, this is a fairly new initiative if you're listening to this right as this podcast comes out, but I'm really excited because it's going to be something that I'm going to be adding to and remixing and all that stuff over the life of the product, and it's only five dollars. Uh, it's inspired by uh, a lot of different things, but if you go to productivityist.com slash $5, and I'll put a link to this, of course, in the show notes, you're going to learn more about what this program has to offer, including what created the idea in my head to put this together in the first place. So if you want to learn how to theme your days, how to work by modality, the importance and benefits of productive journaling, building routines, all that stuff over a 30-day period, which you can take all at once over a 30-day period, or you can spread it out however you see fit, however you learn best. This is the way to do it. In fact, you won't be able to buy any other digital products from me 
other than 30 days of time crafting going forward. So if you want to get the basics of time crafting and start to build from there over a 30 day period, check out 30 days of time crafting today. That's productivityist.com slash $5. It's the $5 guarantee and it's the best $5 you can spend today. All right, now it's time to mention my Productivityist podcast pick of the week. And it's a new podcast, Soul and Wit by my friend Courtney Carver and Bailey Carver as well. They talk about simplicity, wellness, happiness, and secrets to living a life that you love. I'm really in tune with what Courtney has talked about. I've known Courtney for a number of years. Great friend. I'm really excited to see her entering the podcasting fray. It's something that I know she's been thinking about doing for a while, and we've chatted about it on a few occasions. It's it's this mother-daughter duo. And when Courtney explained the idea to myself and a, and a group of friends, um, one of whom will be next week's, one, one group of whom will be next week's Productivity is Podcast Pick of the Week. Um, I I was just saying, yeah, you got to go for it. So I'm really glad that uh, she got this thing going. Her and Bailey got this going. I mean, they're, as of this recording, there's, they're only seven episodes in, so you can get into them. Uh, each episode is less than an hour. Some are longer than others, but they're all, they're all really, really digestible. And they're just, the, the, the banter and the as you would imagine, the the chemistry between uh, the two of them is just it's 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 amazing. So I highly encourage you to check out the podcast. It's called Soul and Wit, and of course there's a link to it in the show notes. But check it out. Enter it into the podcast app that you're listening to, so you can subscribe to it today. Because Soul and Wit is my productivityist podcast pick of the week. Now let's get back to my conversation with Richie Norton here on the Productivityist Podcast. What I love about the 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 motto. And this is kind of a, back to that whole annual axiom that I have, which is whatever it takes, no matter what, is there's a lot that can be put in there, right? There's so much that can be put inside of, you know, the mm-hmm. live to start, start to live. Because like you said, I mean, there, it, on its face, it looks like, oh, okay. But then when you dig in deeper and dig in deeper, and I think that's what, it, to me, that kind of mentality, like having that as kind of your, your North Star or whatever, mm-hmm. is far more powerful to me than any New Year's resolution. Because you can be oh. resolute about that one thing and then everything kind of, your decisions are guided by that, right? That's right. That's right. No, it's 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 super powerful. It really is a shift in mentality because everyone thinks linearly. Mm. But when I realize like that line might not lead you to where you want to go, or you might die while you're walking that line, you might as well bring the most important things in your life to the present and kind of draw a circle around it. Right. And you're you're good. Mm-hmm. Like no matter what you're doing, you still ha- like. For example, someone will say, "I have a 13 year old son or daughter." And they say, I want more time with them. And they'll tell me this idea. And I'm like, that'll take five years for you to get the freedom you want. And your son or daughter will be gone and out of the house. And they wake up. Yep. Oh, my gosh, you're right. I'm like, yeah, man, let's just – two people can be doing the exact same job. One has all the time freedom in the world. One does not. They can be making the same money doing the same job. It's just a matter of how you place yourself inside that operation. You know um- – I told you before uh, we started recording that I, that I heard you on John's podcast. I was listening to, mm-hmm. I'll link to that in the show notes as well. You've had many appearances, but I'll link to the very specific episode I was listening to. And then mm-hmm. when that episode was, you know, done, I'm like, okay, well, I've got a bit more time and I put on Apple Music. I have a playlist and I have playlists for every month of the year. And there's two songs that I tend to move to every month. And one is I Got a Name by Jim Croce. And the other one is mm-hmm. Beautiful Ride from the Walk Hard movie. And mm-hmm. Jim Croce... This is kind of it, it, it. I didn't even it didn't even dawn on me until you started to share your story. But the idea of like Jim Croce died at I think he was thirty, 
And his son wasn't even like his son wasn't even born yet, and he had every wow. intention. And I mean, the, the song "Time in a Bottle" is about him can't not you can't wait to spend all of that time with his son, and he never got to. And then the idea of transitioning from and the I got a name. If you listen to the lyrics of that song, it's like about you know doing things and not wasting time. And then "Beautiful Ride," which is I mean, it's from Walk Hard. It's a comedy movie, but if you listen to that song, and I don't know if you ever listened to it. There's like some real profound stuff in hidden inside the humor there. So it was just a bit cathartic. <laughs> you telling me the story, and then it's like, oh, yeah. So I it, love that. It's just it's and that. and I'm actually one of the things I wrote down in my to do list was find out you know because I'm working on my book right now. Uh, if Jim Croce was, I wouldn't say obsessed, but how he was thinking about time. And not only that, and this is, I can think what you're talking about too, is legacy. And I think yep. that, that, that what are your thoughts? I mean, you've kind of alluded to a bit, but the idea of legacy, cause I mean, I don't, you can c- kind of try to shape it, but you don't get to decide it. Right. That's true. That's true. You can do your best, but how they remember you, it's not up to you. <laughs> so it's a good point. So starting, uh, when when you started uh, working, I'm, I want to talk specifically about a, a very specific product that you you worked on because I, th- I think that there's some lessons here, and especially since I'm in this space, is when I saw John develop the Freedom Journal, I thought, oh wow, a planner. Which now we've seen, uh, I think there's like 300 plus planners that have been kickstarted for lack of a better, you know. For, I know. <laughs> Everybody I, likes I, the I recycle can, ideas, you know. I, I can see the eye roll. Well, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. What's interesting is, is um, I've I've had. I mean, I've had people say well, you should do a planner for yours, and I've thought that's stupid. That's a stupid mm, idea based solely on. But so I want to. I want to. So how do you get past that that bias of? Okay, because there's biases that show up with all this stuff. And you, I mean, especially when you're talking about Final Cause and all that, like the bias of, well, John's done it, Michael Hyatt's done it, all these other, who who am I to do it? That's just dumb. It's a waste of, like, et cetera. <laughs> How do you break past that? Because I think that's where people get stuck and they waste a lot of time. That's a good question. And, you know, look, for example, not like John invented the journal. They've been around for no. thousands of years. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's the thing, too, is I actually had a conversation with someone about this. They're like, how do you – I'm like, look, let's face it. David Allen talks about the Tickler file. That's been around since the 1800s. The The time management problem, read Arnold Bennett's, you know, How to Live on 24 Hours a Day, and you'll see, wow, these, these problems exist now. And that book was written well over 100 yeah. years ago. So nothing is really – like, it's not like these are new problems. No. It's just the and different I'll, voices, I'll right? I'll tell you this. Like, John is – so kind and so generous and such a huge abundance mentality people reach out to him all the time saying how'd you make your journal and he's like talk to richie like yep no, he doesn't he's the ultimate transparency guy right yep. like yep so there's not a thing so so first of all most people like you're saying i'm worried who am i most people don't really care if you do it or not right but People really do appreciate if you say you were inspired by them or they taught you. Like people love that kind of stuff, right? But whether you are or not, at the end of the day, and I know you probably think this way too, <laughs> nobody cares if somebody else has done it. They want yours. Right. It's your audience. It's your angle. They might not even you're aware of other people that have done it, but they're probably not. And if they are and don't want yours, they're not your market. Mm-hmm. Who cares? It's the people that want. And so, I mean, you can verify an idea through pre-sales. That's an amazing way to do it. But at the end of the day, if someone's worried about doing it because someone else who's more famous has done it, you might as well stop doing everything in your life. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, because I had a makeup them? line totally in mind, and then I, I forgot like, about the Kardashians. <laughs> you're like, I'm eating Thai food. Oh, no. 
some famous guy ate Thai food yesterday. I can't eat it. It's like, shut up, man. I'm like, <laughs> you know? I th- yeah. So it's okay. <laughs> and I think it's, I mean, I was talking to somebody else about this. It's, the, the, the great thing about the internet is that it's global, number one. And, and also, so it's a very big, big pond. Mm, and I don't think it's so much about, and speaking to, to John, like about John, and I mean, there's, there's, there's lots of room. But not only that, it's like you said, it's not about the race to the bottom. It's the race for resonance. And I don't even think it's a race, but the idea of like your voice, what, you know, what, what matters from your audience's perspective, from what people are looking at. So I think that, like you said, I think that's one thing that, that you can kind of use to break through that barrier of like, who am I to start this thing? Oh, that's stupid. Cause it's, it's oftentimes, you know, the other thing that can happen. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on this is, is that the people that are close to you, those that are your family and your 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 friends and those that you know they're the ones that are going to be likely in most scenarios to go oh you don't want to do that like when i le- right when i left my day job at costco and started this journey over a decade ago be like what are you doing you got 5 weeks paid vacation you're on the ride like that's stupid <laughs> don't do that it's those right? people i think that are really close and so i want to dive into that a little bit how do you waylay against that because they're going to keep they're going to try to protect you too especially if they see you doing something that they perceive as stupid let me let me give like a i'm gonna have one super tactical one and then one more philosophical idea okay okay so a real tactical idea this is like literal like first of all we all think that someone's gonna not like our idea our idea and we don't want to fall down especially what's weird is a lot of my clients who are like way up there on the totem pole they're the hardest ones to work with not because they can't crush it, but because they're too scared of falling down because they've gotten so high that fall is huge. Yes, yes. It's huge. It's actually, believe it or not, guys, easier when you're at the bottom of the totem pole to start these stupid little things. Yeah, your, your, exposure's, people, limit, your exposure's limited, right? So, you know, no one's exactly. going to notice as much, and so it's all, the optics are different. Yes, and there's tons of ways to limit your exposure and mitigate your risk. There's tons of ways, even at the top or the bottom. There's, there's a million ways. So let's not go there. But here's like the actual tactic. If you're scared that your dad is going to think you're an idiot for starting this thing, it works really well. I've had lots of people tell me it works so well. You go to your dad and you go, Dad, I was thinking of starting this thing, but I'm scared to do it because I'm afraid that you're going to think I'm an idiot for doing it. <laughs> what do you think your dad's going to say? Yeah, you're, you're basically pre-qualifying that. He's going to say, I mean, I guess it depends on the situation, so I won't be absolute here, but he's likely going to say something like, are you kidding me? Go for it. That's awesome. And yep. they become your biggest supporter. Yeah, it could go the other way, but you're like, I mean, basically, when I think when that happens, you're basically saying, I, I mitigate, I understand there's risks involved. And it's almost like you've said to them, uh, I understand those. All I need is your support. And you, 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 and you literally don't have anything to lose because if you're not going to start it anyway because of the thought that someone will think you're a fool, mm-hmm. what do you have to lose? You've already stolen it from the world. It's gone. Right. You yourself stole it from the world. But if you go to that one person or that audience, if you put, look, if you post it on Instagram, I want to hurt this thing, but I'm really scared what you guys are going to think of me. Do you think that the fans are going to go, you're right, you're an idiot? No, they're going to say, please do it. We'd love to see it. We'll support that. Like, that's what happens. Yep. Yeah, the people that honestly, the, you, those who don't want you to do it will generally not respond, or they'll respond in such a harsh other side that you'll generally, if you've been doing it long enough, you'll ignore them anyway. And most people, family, friends, they're not saying don't do it because of uh, they're doing it out of love. Right. Let's be honest, they're scared 
you'll get hurt. There's also that jealousy factor, like don't rise above me. We're all crabs in a bucket kind of thing. Those all things come into play. But the way to overcome it, this is the more philosophical thing, is this. Will I regret it? So Jeff Bezos, he had this idea to sell you know, books on Amazon. It wasn't Amazon at the time. It was just an idea, right? Sell books online. Took his boss on a three-hour walk around Central Park. This is what I read about it. And the boss says that's a great idea, but not for someone who already has a job. Mm. Can you imagine if you would have taken that advice? <laughs> like, like I don't know if an Amazon-like thing would exist today. Who knows? Who knows? Mm-hmm. But it wouldn't have been from him. Yep. Well, look at Blockbuster. He'd still be on Wall Street. Look what happened with Blockbuster, right? Like the idea of Netflix, they started that thing. Netflix went to Blockbuster and said, hey, we'd like you to buy us. And the Blockbuster CEO, I think, laughed them out of the building, said yep. it was ridiculous. No, that's true. Who's still in business? You, know, you, <laughs> you, can't, you can't predict the future, but you can do your best you know, to try and figure it out. But what you can predict is what – this is Jeff Bezos. I call it the Bezos test. He mm-hmm. said, will I regret it when I'm 80? Right. And because he thought he would regret not taking this chance, he then – quit his job, got a loan from his family, traveled with his wife to Washington, started it, and now became the richest man in the world. Right? Like, that that happened. And it doesn't mean it's always going to be some extreme example as that, because the naysayers will say, but what if it hadn't have worked out? Mm. Well, I'll tell you this. It's a much bigger fall at 65 when you thought you had this plan your whole time. You get there, and you still can't. Right. That hurts. It's way better. And you can't because times have changed or you don't want to anymore or your spouse is unhealthy or you're unhealthy or you don't have the finances you thought you'd have. All these things. And then you go, what about the people that fail when they tried it at 25 instead of 65? Well, they learned they didn't like that thing and they moved on. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> one of the things you know I mean? Yeah. One of the things that I love about um these kind of initiatives where it seems like you're the one that can get in your own way is that there's ways to prevent that to a degree. One thing I use is I have uh, an app that I discovered called pocket biases. And so whenever I feel like something is pushing at me, another thing I do is I journal, but this one is, is because when I journal, I uh, sometimes I just say what I'm feeling, but I can't crack the nut. You know what I mean? But pocket biases, it's, it's where I can look at and go, Oh, this is what this is. This is confirmation bias trying to play. It's tricks on me. This is caught. So having that little app and I put on my homepage and it's just basically a thing that says, these are all the biases that exist. And by the way, there are way more than you think when it comes to to biases, but it's a really, I think it's pocketbiases.io. I'll put a link to it in the show notes, but it's, it's one of those things where, you know, when I've, when I've thought about the idea of, I should make a planner. One of the things I'm working on is, is a calendar. I should write that book, you know, time crafting. Oh, but Mike, there's so many other productivity framework books. Who are you to write it? I'm like, hold on a second. I know what that is. So the, the starting part is sometimes the element where I can, I can go, I can get, but what about the finishing of something stupid? I think that there's, what do you have to say on that? Because I think that that's where some people can get stuck. And my friend Charlie Gilkey talks about the thrashing and, and the messy, and, and Scott Belsky's talked about the messy middle. But the idea of, you, okay, you've started something stupid and, and you want to see it through to the finish line. How do you get there? Okay, first of all, just personal philosophy. Like to start and not finish is better than not starting at all. Right. You, you learn stuff. So let's just be okay with not finishing, but that's not the plan. Right. <laughs> right. If you were always worried that it would become successful and if it doesn't, that means you're not going to start and you won't learn anything. Like you literally are stay dumb. <laughs> and right. I don't mean dumb. I mean, like you stay at the level you're currently at, which is not progress. 
So start. And then as far as, as finishing goes, it depends on the timeline, mm. right? So I have, um, I have projects in the back of my mind, domains that I bought. You probably do too <laughs> for years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. The time's not right, but they're there. I'm protecting it. It's going to happen. And the, the hard part about that one, it's cool. I grabbed it. Two, it's probably a waste of money because I did grab it. Well, because <laughs> you'll renew it. Because you'll, renew- you'll keep renewing it. You're like, oh, no, no, I'll get it. I'll get it. Yeah. I don't want to lose it now. I've got it. <laughs> and that's what they want, too. So we all lost, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but the other side of that is the moment you start like spending money and thinking about something, your, your brain, I don't know what happens to it, but a, a, a light switch turns on. You have some skin in the game. You're going to make it happen. Mm-hmm. So like whether it takes years or not depends on the urgency of the project. So if you have a dream, I would love for it to happen today and we can figure out how it's going to happen today. But you have to somehow make it urgent. If it's not urgent, it doesn't happen right. until – this is like how procrastination works, right? It's a good thing, good thing you want to do and then all of a sudden the night before you know, it's due, you do it. I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just saying that deadline helps. Mm-hmm. Because you got to get it done. Well, and breaking it down to small steps does as well, because then they're doable. So you're slowly making your way to the finish line in case. And so that way you're seeing forward progress too, right? Huge, huge fan of that. So you take the big picture idea, the big picture dream, break it down into small and more manageable parts and start with the first one, which might be a text or an email to your friend who you're going to partner with or ask a question to. Or buying, like a, do- or, or buying a domain name. name. <laughs> or buying the domain name, you know, whatever it is. But like as far as someone who actually wants to get something done, and I'm also going to say people that have too many ideas, like me and you probably. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many. Which one do you start with? I like to ask myself, which one, I, which one would I regret most not doing? And the second question, usually if it's about money, revolves around money. Do I need money from this thing now, 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 or a year from now? Or does money not matter? Right? If I, if I can't pay my bills – I better start something that's going to help me pay my bills. So that is priority. Right. If I can pay my bills, and this is a side project that I want to have become my main project, then you can play with it a little more. The fastest way to finish something, is, if it's for selling something, is to sell one to one person as soon as possible, including a pre-sale. Right. Then think, it's done. Yeah, John uh, didn't. Didn't John? I mean, I think a lot of people do that with a Kickstarter or anything like that. Is I don't know if John so, did for sure, but I but I know did. that people he did. Yeah. So he said, "I'm going to make this thing, pre-sold it, and I it's it's because it's qualifying." And then then there's that urgency that you're talking about around because like, uh oh, like I've I I've, I've committed to it. Yeah. Let's be honest. Both both John and Pat Flynn, who we did the Switch Pod with, they have money. And they're transparent about it. You can yes. look it up and see how much they've made this month, like yep. right now, right? Yep. That's what that's part of their shtick, so to speak, right? They did Kickstarter for another reason. Validation of the product idea. Mm-hmm. And yes, you know, in John's case, the first one, the Freedom Journal, I think it was four hundred and fifty three thousand dollars in thirty three days. I think the switch pod was like four hundred and fifteen thousand and like I don't know, 60 days or something, something mm-hmm. like that. You can look it up. It's, yep. it's right there. There's a tombstone of it on Kickstarter. You can just see it. You yep. know? Um, but like, it was amazing. You know, like they validated it and because it funded, they had to make it. That thing could have been an idea for a long time that they never did. But because they sold one, they made it. 
So anyone who's trying to finish, if you start thinking, how can I sell one right now? Do it. And then most people will think, yeah, but I need, they start saying all this stuff they need, crazy stuff. I need a warehouse and I need staff and I need all this crap. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so, so, so we live in another, like <laughs> another century, <laughs> literally all that stuff can be outsourced on the cheap for next to nothing. Just see if people want to buy your product first through a pre-sale, a, a, a letter of intent. If it's like some kind of big thing with some big, you know, organizational corporate kind of thing. Right. Right. That's it, man. Finishing is hard. You got to like stay the course and make it happen. These are all obvious things. But if you really are serious about something, freaking sell it. So before I wrap up, Richie, I want to find out uh, from you, because someone's going to want to start something stupid right after listening to this episode. <laughs> yes. What's the what? What's the first step that they can take to start something stupid now? Mm. So I created an acronym for the word start, and it was based off of what I saw people doing, including people that created movements like Gandhi himself, like just, just anyone who started something crazy and it turned out to be successful, what did they do? And so I encapsulated it with this word start, which is an acronym for serve, thank, ask, receive, and trust. Literally, if you want to start something stupid right now, serve someone who's in that industry or, or whatever, the customer, whatever it is, with no hidden agenda. And this isn't an I scratch your back, you scratch mine thing. This is straight up altruistic service and you'll learn stuff you thank them for the opportunity to serve them and this earns you the right at some point to ask them or someone for help with whatever it is most people go straight for the ask and it they say there's no stupid questions sure whatever but you can't hurt a relationship if you ask too early or you ask the wrong way because you seem like a mooch this is a real thing Mm -hmm. you earn the right to ask you earn that relationship which enables you the ability to actually accept it and receive it well. How many times – you don't have to answer this, but how many times have you given someone like solid advice that you should have been charging or maybe you normally do charge tons of money and they don't do anything with it? Oh, uh, a lot of the time it happens. Is that, is that frustrating for you just a little bit on some yeah, level? You know, it's kind of like productivity to me is like when I when I coach someone or I give them something, they're like, well, I tried it for you know a, a day and it didn't work. I'm like, these kind of things take time to take hold. It's kind of like – you know, the, actually, side, sidebar, one of the domains I own is called the Productivity Diet. And the reason mm-hmm. I haven't done anything with it, but I've kept it, is because it's a valuable domain name, is because I don't believe productivity is a diet. I think it's a lifestyle, kind of like you know sure. health and wellness. So yeah. I think one of the big challenges for people is that they they figure that they can just you know uh, go on a quick productivity diet and be done with it, but that's not how it works. So yes, that's, that, that's been for, that's why I no longer do one off calls with people because it, it's I, it's yeah. you know it doesn't work. It's like going to the gym once and saying, oh wow, I lost you know fifty pounds. That's, and, a, that's a good right. Point. I, I like to think of it or liken it to just straight up, you know, American or, or Canadian football, mm-hmm. right? Where the, 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 all these people are setting up the whole play. The quarterback throws the ball, the receiver catches it. But if, the, if honestly, think about if the receiver like knocked it out of the air on purpose or caught it and put his knee down for no reason. Or ran the wrong it, route. <laughs> wrong, ran backwards. Everyone's like, what? Are, like, it would be extremely frustrating if not like. A riot. You by know? the way, uh, by the way, I'm a Bengals fan, so I see okay. this a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but so, so like the win for the giver, the person sharing the advice, 
is that the person does grab the ball and take it to the end zone and score a touchdown. That's a win. You winning is me winning. Mm -hmm. And so when people go through this process and they receive some great advice from someone, that means they're going to like be successful with it. If they do, if they don't do anything with it, it kind of stops their ability to get help from that person again. And, it, and whether it, they realize it or not. Yeah. And it actually, in, again, back to the biases, if in, in my situation, I'll use myself as an example, is if they don't listen, I'm like, did I do a good job? Was I a good coach? Did I do the thing I was supposed to do? So it creates that too, right? You wonder. And so bringing it back to the football analogy, the quarterback's going to throw it to another receiver mm-hmm. or they're going to take you out of the game. Yep. And people know, but people don't think about it this way. We're just, we're just creating some kind of weird analogy around this, but right. like, that's real life, man. Mm-hmm. People don't get it. And then once you, once you've done that, serve, think, ask, receive, trust that you can do this over and over and over again. And people are like, yeah, I have issues with trust and this and that. And it's like, look, man, I'd rather do 10 things and be burned twice than do no things. I'm scared of getting burned. Right. <laughs> and it's the worst when you get burned. Let's not downplay that. Mm-hmm. But come on, man, get in the playing field. Well, I mean, another sports analogy, the best hitters in baseball hit the ball 30% of the time. There you go. Right. So, At least they're swinging. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, Richie, this has been a fantastic conversation. Yeah. We could keep going. Dude, you're the man. I love you, bro. This is epic. <laughs> Let's keep going. Don't turn it off. Don't, no, <laughs> but, but I want people to start something now. So they're going to stop listening to us. And they're going to start doing something stupid. Yes. You can pick up the power of start, starting something stupid where and where can they keep up with you and your work? So, it, you know, I'd say go online is the easiest, Barnes & Noble or, you know, Amazon. You can go to richynorton.com, and there I have a thing called the 76-Day Challenge where I can help walk you through your goals to make them true. My my son lived for 76 days, so I kind of do my goals in that mm. time period. And big announcement, I should have a podcast that I'm starting. It's going to be called The Richie Show or The Richie Norton Show, something like that, <laughs> in uh, hopefully in January. So would love to have people listen to that and, and uh, see how we can help more there. Awesome, Richie. Thanks so much for joining me today on the Productivity Podcast. You're the man. Thanks so much. And there you go. There's my conversation with Richie Norton. Of course, if you want to keep tabs on what we're doing on the podcast, you you can subscribe to it. But first, check out the show notes at productivityist.com slash podcast 275. So you can check out everything that we have talked about. I'm looking forward to keeping up with Richie in the future. There's a few things I'm thinking about doing, you know, some stupid stuff that I'm going to start. So uh, I'll keep you uh, abreast of that both here on the podcast, but also if you want, you can subscribe to my newsletter, productivityist.com slash get, it's actually just attention. If you go to that, you can figure that out as well. But if you're a podcast listener and you really just digesting, just enjoy rather digesting podcasts, then I suggest you do that here by just, you know, going to uh, wherever you are listening to this podcast and subscribing to the show. That way you don't miss a single episode. And we've got a huge back catalog, clearly, of episodes that you can listen to. And, you know, there's a lot more coming down the pipeline that I don't want you to miss. So subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you enjoyed this episode, I'd love it if you gave the show a rating and review in the podcast apparatus listening choice thing that you use. And so that way uh, I can know what I'm doing well and what I could stand to improve upon. So again, I'd love it if you were continuing me along with me uh, during this podcasting journey that I've been doing for a number of years now, and we're still going strong. So again, thanks so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. I can't wait to share more with you in the future. I hope you'll be back. Until next time, I'm Mike Barty, the host of the Productivity of Podcast, reminding you to stop guessing and start going. See you later.